0: Welcome everybody to this very special episode of the Aquarium Podcast live on Instagram. Uh, This is to mark the season finale of the podcast season two that um, I've been recording over the past uh, 11 weeks and uh, yeah I thought it would be really cool to try something different and uh, do it as a live stream as opposed to a pre-recorded episode. So yeah in this um in this episode, I think I wanted to talk um, a bit about uh, natural style aquariums. And uh, what that is, is that I've noticed recently, um, especially on social media, for example, that um, there's been a bit of a flurry in um, people creating blackwater style aquariums um, in the sense that um, what they are doing is uh, adding a tinted color to the uh, the water, uh, a few botanicals, and um, and then yeah, taking some fancy pictures, and then uh, obviously posting all over social media. Um, but then you notice, from what I've seen, uh, a few weeks later, those um, those aquariums um, completely clear again, and it just felt like for me that it was a bit of a Uh, Just for the gram, you know, uh, just taking the pictures purely for the internet um, as opposed to um, You know actually replicating a natural environment for the fishes that we keep in our aquariums. So I thought it'd be cool to discuss um, bits and pieces about like why um, creating a more natural habitat with uh, your uh, Fish is obviously a good thing. So some of the benefits I think um, I wanted to talk about is obviously um, there's a lot of benefits to keeping fish and even shrimp in these type of aquariums. Um, for one, um, it helps imitate uh, what these fish or shrimp would um, see in the wild, or, or live in, in the wild, should I say. Um, a lot of the fishes that we see come from tropical climates, um, hence why they're called tropical fish. Um, and you know, it's places like South America, like the Amazon River, um, and different places like that or various other rivers and streams and stuff that you see around the world and uh, to create those kind of habitats obviously makes the fishes feel that little bit more comfortable being stuck in a big glass box um you know in your in your house so i feel that like obviously replicating these kind of uh, environments is obviously very good for your animals in that sense um Also, adding botanicals has uh, plenty of other um, benefits to your fish as well. So, obviously, tannins, which is that tinted, yellowy colour leached into the water, um, is very beneficial to the fish. Um, I've done a video on this on my YouTube channel that talking about, you know, those those kind of benefits and um, you know why why it's good for our fish there, Um, and also uh botanicals themselves um not only do they leach you know uh, this this humic substance um the color they also um create uh, a natural food source for your fish um so you've got stuff like uh biofilms that occur um which fish or shrimp you know will often feed on um i think that uh Anybody that sort of added driftwood or anything into their aquarium at some point in, in, their, in their journey has, has probably noticed a, a white film or fur that appears on the wood. And obviously a lot of people get freaked out by that, but um, that's actually a, a natural sort of thing that's happening with your aquarium. And yeah, fish will will eat it and and shrimp absolutely love it. So it, it's definitely a benefit to having, um, you know, those, those kind of things there. I think also health benefits. Um, so makes the fishes feel calmer um, because you're you know obviously creating a bit more of a, a darker environment. Um, you know with that tinted color. Um, a lot of people often put floating plants on as well to give that sort of extra protection there. Um, and um, you know uh, it's just it brings out the natural behaviours um, from what I've seen anyway. And um, if you you know do your research and stuff on on various videos online and stuff and and many you know companies that sort of sell botanical products will tell you that you know it it helps with bringing out those behaviors and, and i've said this a few times before but i've seen a lot of my um corridors for example like absolutely breeding like crazy in my sort of botanical style aquarium or natural style um, whereas I have other corridors that are in a planted sort of aquascaped type aquarium, and uh, yeah, they they don't really breed. They have once, and um, yeah, I, I I don't know that the batch I lost um, at some point, so it was a bit of a uh, bit of a blow. But uh, in my natural style of one, I've, I must have about fifteen in there so far, and I've just sold, you know, a few online lo- and you know, gum tree and stuff. So uh, yeah, absolutely you know booming in terms of uh, the breeding and stuff and and obviously that helps with uh, other fishes and shrimps and and stuff like that so i think that there's a lot of benefits to keeping your fish in those type of aquariums and you know in terms of what we've seen on social media recently as well with like this influx in 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 people creating um black water i would call it um as opposed to sort of natural habitats because i feel like you know, it's more like I said, just adding some driftwood and and maybe some plants and stuff, adding a bit of tinted color, and then taking a couple of fancy pictures, which is great. And I think that, as I've said before in um, one of these podcast episodes that I did, um, I think that's a good step forward in terms of you know getting exposure out there to creating these kind of environments for our animals. Because you know, uh, if anybody has been following along with me, I've I've talked about this quite a bit, but uh, you know a lot of these animals come from these kind of habitats and then when they come into our houses we end up making big planted aquariums for them and uh, it doesn't really replicate a lot of what you see in the world now there is some you know rivers and streams that do have lots of plants in them and there's a lot of fish that flourish in them so it depends on the the type of fish that you're obviously keeping in your aquariums but um you know that there, there, there's obviously uh, certain benefits to creating you know these sort of uh Botanical sort of styled ones, I would say. You know, um, from from what I've seen, experienced, and that. So, you know, I think it's like I said, it's it's good, but I just I, I want people to know that when you create these kind of habitats um, or these blackwater aquariums that you know I, I've seen a lot of online that you shouldn't just be doing it just for a fancy picture on your social media feed. You should actually be trying to replicate it for the benefit of your animals as opposed to just, like I said, a few likes and follows or, or whatever it is that you get out of, uh, you know, Instagram these days and, and things. So, you know, I, I I think that that's, you know, sort of where I was going with it, really. Um, You know, other things that I wanted to talk about, really, was, um, you know, types of aquariums that you commonly see in the hobby you know especially when you see these big planted ones or you know um pink gravel and uh fake plants and stuff and i, I think that like i said i definitely think recently there's there's been a bit of a move forward in terms of uh you know, where we're going with, with that side of the hobby and sort of moving away from that. But as I've talked about many times, I think it is down to us as hobbyists, um, to, you know, push, you know, sort of trying to replicate these, these environments a bit more, um, especially aimed at, you know, the, the fish shops and also the big aquarium companies and stuff that we buy our products from or get sent a ton of stuff from, (laughs) you know, depending on who you are. But, um, yeah, I, I think that if we don't start addressing, you know, this as a movement going forward or it's not a movement, but, you know, a, as a way that we should be replicating habitats for our, enviro- you know, our fishes, then these big stores and companies are never going to sort of uh, market their their products, you know, to, to this way of actually creating an aquarium as opposed to, you know, and they're just going to carry on selling the, the, the random stuff that they always do, you know. Um, as I've said before, though, there is plenty of, you know, rivers and stuff that create, you know, that have planted aquariums. So, a planted, um, sorry, rivers. So it's not obviously, you know, you're not having a planted aquarium. You're not not creating a natural environment. And if anything, having plants in your aquarium is more natural than just having pink gravel and um, and fake plants or something. So, you know, hobbies moved forward, but. I think we still need to take it a next step and and maybe that's you know coming in the next year or two hopefully so I think it'd be really good and like I said I think it's still down to our supermarkets and our stores to you know make the effort to you know move the hobby in that direction but again like I said it's probably down to us as hobbyists to actually push this forward because they'll only sell what we're buying so you know uh, yeah so You know uh, again i talked about this before but i think like one of the the big benefits is is um creating uh, is is shop sorry um promoting these sort of environments and um i don't think i've seen a shop yet that you know that around my area or you know online and stuff that is creating these sort of habitats um to promote to their customers and and as i've said before you know many of the people that walk into fish shops are beginners and they're not experienced hobbyists so you need to be catching people from the from the outset as opposed to trying to you know drive people to creating these natural environments because i think people will naturally move to that anyway so like i said i I think stores need to do more of that and you know obviously while we're on the topic of stores as well you know a thing that i've been talking about again a lot recently on a previous episode of the podcast was um you know the responsibility of the the shops and and stores to create uh to you know correctly oh what's the word i'm going for to you know ask questions i think that's probably the most important thing you know just when when these new people walk into the shops and stuff actually ask a few questions about how um their aquarium is going and uh you know and what fish they've got what water parameters that sort of stuff as opposed to just saying yeah all right what do you want mate and you know we'll we'll stick in a bag and give it to you without any questions asked my local fish shop I went into yesterday um for a couple of uh, supplies and um I think that uh, I mean the guy was was asking one or two questions but it wasn't to any sort of extent and I think that um you know as I've said before it, it's not about patronizing people or condescending because they've just walked in and want to buy some some fish and stuff I think it's just Got to consider the welfare of the animals as well. Prime example of this is that I've been selling shrimp and um, a few of my Corydoras on Gumtree, and I've had the best part of probably about forty messages from from people, and half of them you would not even bothered with. But some of the people that I've spoken to were I felt were generally interested, and in, and after I've you know just sort of speaking to them, you got the general consensus that they'd obviously just started these aquariums. And and, and one chap I I was speaking to, um, he said that um, he had no idea that you had to cycle an aquarium. And he had um, spoken to his local fish shop and and after two weeks, they said, the pH is fine, so put fish in it. And it's just like, well, you know, surely, surely, (laughs) surely uh ph is probably the least of the the ones you should be worrying about to start with when you're you sort of beginning an aquarium it's more about the the ammonia and the and the nitrate and the nitrate and stuff so yeah i thought that was quite interesting and i sent him a link um to uh, a video i made about cycling aquariums and he said to me back that he'd learned more from my video than he had in the five weeks that he'd been researching online and that's not let's not brag about my video or anything but it just shows you how bad the information was that in the shops as opposed to you know the information you can find online but as i've said before as well i think that the information is very mixed and convoluted and it's not always easy to get the answer that you uh, are looking for i found a lot of people go around the houses or say yeah it can be done or say no it can't be done and they won't give you any of the um Bits and pieces in between, so yeah, it, it, it's certainly frustration. I think, or frustrating. Sorry, and um, yeah, it's not. It's not always great. I don't think, and you know, again, for me, I think that my biggest focus is always, you know, about being honest and and transparent about what I do on. Anything with my aquariums and stuff, and very much on my YouTube channel, um, I like to be, you know, honest about what's happening, and and we all make beginner mistakes, and you know, or just impulse and things like that, you know, and lots happen with our aquariums, and I feel that um, not a lot of people obviously talk about those, um, whereas like every time I put something on, I've noticed. On occasion it's not every time but sometimes I'll either get a message or or something about um, yeah what's happened or or people suggesting 101 ways that I could have done it right when uh, obviously I learned my lesson I know what I've done wrong Um, but uh, you can't help the mistakes you made when the information is so mixed online you know that's the point I was making so you know and like I said nobody's perfect I've got aquariums, uh, I've got a couple of videos coming out um, in, the, uh, in the future, um, next couple of weeks where I'll be talking about like um, some things that have happened to some of my fish and, and, and things like that that I've got and, and shrimp and uh, yeah, just showing the, the real side of the hobby I think as opposed to all the, the flashy glorified stuff that you see often on the internet. So I think rant over, (laughs) I don't want to go on too long about that but um, I think also I just wanted to talk about the podcast as well, like I've had such great fun writing a season two, Um, I did contemplate whether to write a season two after the first one that I made because um, it took up a lot of time and and obviously I do two videos a week and, and a podcast and to, to write the, the podcast usually takes me between two to four hours on average per episode, um, to write them. And then, um, after doing all the research and then, and then writing a script and, and everything like that. And, you know, then I've got to film it, record, uh, sorry, record it, and then edit it, you know, and that, that takes another, hour or so depending on how long the podcast episode is so yeah it's, it's 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 a lot to do but I obviously really enjoy it and I think that for me um, when I was younger I used to like writing quite a lot and um, you know ne- never took it seriously or anything but now it's um, yeah it's, it's really fun to you know be creative again in a different way um, and I feel that that the podcast is a bit more sort of uh, an honest. A more honest approach or, or more raw or whatever you want to call it but I like to try and delve a little bit deeper than what I would in my videos um if I can um, you know because because I think that's quite good and I know people love driving and, and listening to stuff so it's good to get my content out there you know if people enjoy listening to it whilst they're driving um, in terms of like the podcast and, and what equipment I use. I don't actually use that much. Um, this is an app I use on my phone and, um, I just got my, my microphone. Um, which I used to record my YouTube videos, and and that's it, I I record on my phone and then just transfer it to um, uh, the Adobe Suite, and then I edit the sound um, just a tiny bit, just to make sure that the levels are a bit more correct. Um, And then after that, um, yeah, because obviously I film in, either at my bedroom or in the kitchen or something like that, because I don't have a fancy studio to record in. And my conservatory echoes like crazy. So if I film in there, I just, I think that that was where I filmed a lot of the first season. So if you heard it, it sounded pretty echoey, then that's that's why, because I was filming it in the conservatory. Um, but yeah, I found that probably the, the bedrooms um, upstairs uh, are easier, but I have kids. So it's a bit difficult sometimes to uh, talk whilst, um, you know, you've got two children that are sound asleep in the rooms next to you. So yeah, it's all good fun though. <laughs> um, I think in terms of season two, my my highlights or my favourite episodes would probably be the one I wrote about um, obviously COVID um, and, and everything that's been going on and how that impacted the fish keeping hobby. Um, and doing my research, um, it was really um, interesting to find out some of the things that were happening and obviously it makes you realize about the, the face masks and and things like that as, especially the paper ones and and how damaging they can be to you know the environment and and into the fish and everything uh, along with you know a billion and other different things that we do to destroy our planet so but that that, that was quite an interesting one um the amount of use that's uh, there with with that and also you know experiences with how it's impacted obtaining fish and shrimp and and all the rest of them in general for me i've been trying so desperately to get hold of like certain shrimp um and uh, my local fish shops just have none or they had very few and i've managed to pick a couple up but they weren't you know the ones that i asked for and when i did ask for them they said there was issues with the suppliers and obviously with all the restrictions and everything i didn't want to travel too far because you know although fish keeping is obviously good for your well-being and and picking up supplies and stuff i still don't consider it to be a necessary trip to to travel far um and when i did visit my other you know shops that weren't too far away they were having the same issues you know there, there wasn't a lot of stock in there um i said i went down to my local fish shop which is around the corner from me it's literally a, a two minute drive and a lot of their aquariums are pretty empty at the moment. And, um, you know, when you talk to the staff there, they just say that, you know, it's really hard to come by. So for me, eBay was my second option. Um, I tried local groups around the area, um, but uh, nobody seems to actually uh, be into the hobby much around my area. So uh, great platform for me. But uh, everybody else is, uh, yeah, it, there's not much here. So, yeah. Yeah. I took upon myself to obviously order some things online, and um, as I said, I'm going to talk about these in upcoming videos. But um, you know, things obviously went wrong with the deliveries, and um, yeah, I had a lot of disasters from it, so you know, impacts you there, and also the price of the, the, the deliveries and the shrimp and everything else is just through the roof at the moment and um you know so you can tell that where where the hobby's been impacted quite quite heavily there and hopefully as things start to die off a little bit you know um and and the lockdowns start easing when everything starts to get back to some sort of normality you know hopefully the prices will go down and and also you know uh accessibility to certain types of fish will will suddenly appear again so uh yeah I don't know, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I think one of my other favourite episodes that I did was um, about, like, uh, well-being and, um, you know, the pros and cons to the hobby in general. You know, obviously, fish keeping has its benefits uh, with the visual colours and, and, and the stimulus to, to yourself, but also there is a negative impact to the, the hobby when you include social media and bits and pieces like that um so and and also if you have disasters or like i said you know you have problems with deliveries and stuff coming through or your aquarium aquarium cracks or you know, one of your lights break or your heater breaks or something like that it can, can stress as well and, and anxiety. So, you know, it, it's, it was really fascinating to do the research on that. And that, that took me quite a long time to write that episode. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, but that was one that I really liked. And I think it's quite important, um, you know, as I said before, for people to sort of talk about the, uh, the, the bad side to the hobby, because I think if we share it, then, you know, we can help each other sort of make make it better as opposed to panicking on your own and then searching for advice on the internet and then people just condescending you or telling you that you should have done it this way and stuff whereas you know you feel like the hobby should be a bit more of a support as opposed to just you know outing each other or or not even helping you know you see you see people posting online all the time about needing help and um you know you think these people have got like loads of followers and um and uh you know friends and stuff and then when they ask for help hardly anybody sort of you know comments or anything and, and it's just really frustrating to to watch and stuff because you think like you know I think people are just afraid to say the wrong thing and get judged on it as well in the comments so you know it's just sort of a vicious circle so you know but we need to get out of it and um yeah I just think like that the thing that we need to do is just start to to be a bit more transparent about what we're doing and stuff and and maybe that will help but yeah um in terms of the season let me know what you thought of it because I don't get any feedback from podcasts um except uh views and stuff so or listens so if you liked it it'd be great if people could just you know let me know um you know I'm I'm not after any kind of self self, uh, preservation or, or, um, anything like that. I just, I'd just be interested to know what kind of topics people enjoyed and, uh, you know what they did in and uh you know if you've got any suggestions about what you'd like to hear if i did another season that would um you know that would be great um i've got loads of ideas already written down um i am thinking about doing it i might give myself a bit of a break though before i um start to write another podcast episode because it's been quite exhausting um like i said with the two videos as well but um that's my own fault that's that's nobody else's that's just me being me and uh and like to push myself um but yeah it'd be it'd be nice to know and and yeah let me know what your favorite episodes were you know I'd, I'd love to know which one i sort of struck a chord with 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 my 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 listeners and and viewers and stuff so yeah definitely you know dm me or whatever they kids call it these days and um yeah <laughs> you know let me know um there was one other thing that I wanted to sort of uh address really um is that obviously at the beginning of season two uh you know i i'd done a little trailer and um i wanted i sort of said to people that there would be some some guests joining me along the way and um as much as i wanted it and had tried uh, on multiple occasions um it just never it just never worked out so uh, yeah i you know it's something that i want to sort of Try and do in season three, um, but yeah, it, you would not believe the mission it is to try and get people to, you know, uh, join a podcast episode. And it's also quite frustrating because I wrote a couple and that took me quite a few hours to write the questions. And then obviously, you know, the, the you know, situations came along and obviously I didn't get to do the podcast. So, uh, yeah but uh it's all worked out in the end and and i quite jo- enjoy doing these sort of live streams and stuff i haven't done one in a while now so uh yeah i think that um yeah it's, it's always good to uh to have a chat going and stuff i see loads of people messaging don't worry guys i i have been i have been noticing and stuff i've uh, i just wanted to to say my piece first really um but yeah i think like if you know if anybody has any questions or anything then you know write them in the comments and stuff and maybe let's do a little bit of a Q&A, um before uh, yeah before we call it a day then let's have a look at the comments then so we've got a few familiar faces that are joined the live hi everybody hope you're well so uh, yeah, there, there was one comment um, from Red Cherry Aquarium that says, are you team shrimp or team fish? <laughs> I love how he likes to probe me on this question. Um, for me, I like, I like both and I enjoy, I, I definitely enjoy both uh, fish and shrimp. Shrimp I find so very sensitive and it can cause a lot of issues <laughs> and stress. And uh, yeah, so as much as they are, fantastic to look at and the colors on them and that and uh, they're great when they start breeding it, it was also a bit of a, uh, a Pain when things go wrong, but it's the same with anything in the hobby, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean I like both. I think that there, there's no I, I I know it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence or anything But I think they both have their pros and cons shrimp are really cool fish are really cool too um so i'm in the hobby and uh, i like the variety and um that's why i don't have all the same type of aquariums as well i like i like my planted aquascapes i like my reef tanks i like my natural tanks um and uh yeah everything in between i guess and stuff so uh, it's all good fun um there's a comment from rocky's reef um it says that have i got two reef tanks still. Um, I actually did a video uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had a bit of a disaster with my other reef tank so I was planning on upgrading this nano reef up here um, to a, a new tank and all these fishes and shrimp and everything else that's in there um, had actually been moved into my new aquarium and I had it set up for about a month or so but um, I noticed that um, That condensation had been hitting the glass pane that I put over the aquarium, which was too big. And I think water, like the condensation was hitting and water was just sort of tripping down the tank and onto this wooden stand that I had. And, you know, uh, again, rookie mistakes, I guess, but I didn't think that um, when I built the stand to you know lacquer it or add any kind of waterproof into it so uh, the wood started rotting and it was only when I was doing a water change that I noticed that um, yeah the wood had started to rot and it it made me panic because I was thinking oh Christ how's this still standing and then uh, yeah so I I broke down the aquarium and you know got rid of the the stand because it was completely yeah soaking wet and uh, yeah I just didn't think it was worth trying to fix it And then, uh, yeah, so that's currently sitting in my uh, conservatory, unused at the moment, so I had to, on impulse, put everything back in here, just as a temporary measure, um, until I can sort out a stand for the other tank. Now, my conservatory is obviously like an oven in the summer, and also a fridge in the winter. I'm actually getting a new roof fit to the the conservatories to hopefully sort of keep those temperatures under control. So I'm hoping, if the missus lets me, (laughs) that I can put the aquarium back in and uh, get another reef tank set up in there. Because, um, yeah, I really like salt water and um, it's good fun and obviously the colours and stuff. And, um, yeah, it'd just be nice to have a a bigger tank and and explore that more. And, uh, yeah, see what I could do with this tank as well um dr scapes says do you have a favourite tank <sighs> um yeah probably I know you can't see it right now but um my amazon style natural black water whatever you want to call it aquarium biotype um that's probably definitely my, my favourite aquarium um I love the, the natural look and um yeah, I think that I see so much more benefit to my fish and shrimp that are in there, and uh, Corydoras and everything else. That um, that I think that that gives me more enjoyment, and it's also great watching the mechanicals break down um, and different things happening. the The aquarium does never look the same, so you know things break down, things happen, things mature, you know that sort of stuff. So yeah, and 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 obviously you see that really nice behaviour. It looks really cool. I think I've got it you know a nice a nice sort of feel there and everything (laughs) yeah yeah that yeah yeah would be the answer yeah but um having said that i do enjoy my uh aquascapes as well um my shrimp tank in here is uh it just looks from the camera like an absolute java moss crazed v-shape there but um, you know, there's a lot more to it than that and I'll probably do an update video on that at some point but uh, yeah that's growing really well and of course I released a video yesterday on my YouTube channel of my new uh, shrimp tank as well um, you know which is another sort of uh, planted aquascape type one and I've also got another big planted one at the bottom here as well so you know I enjoy that side of the hobby too and like I said, reef tanks you know they're cool as well so i'd like to explore different things with reef aquariums though and not just have a sort of uh, a reef tank and stuff shrimp father yeah i need to see the paludarium again i'd I'd, yeah, i'd love to do that you know it's been crossing my mind for a while as uh, about trying trying it again um I do have a spare tank but I think that I need to use that for my saltwater fish because um, they can't stay in that small nano tank um, especially with the the few that I've got now it's, it's not fair on them so uh, I think that uh, that would be the priority but uh, yeah maybe in the future once the reef tank is broken down I might have a spare tank here that I can maybe build something into um, which would be pretty cool as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah rocky's reef i think i just answered the question there um about what scape i'd like to do in the new reef tank once it's up oh right um i did have I, I had the whole aquarium built and it'd been going for a month and i had a really nice sort of uh scape to it and everything. Uh, and I, uh, I sort of made a bit of a cove kind of style, like with all all the uh, the rocks and everything. And uh, yeah, I thought it looked really cool. And I was planning on just adding loads of like macro algae's in it and stuff, and, and having it like really sort of planted and stuff. That was the plan that I was going to go for. But like I said, uh, it, I had started it, and uh, and I, I had I was waiting for some more macro algae's to become available, and I was going to purchase them. So you know, it was it was definitely on the cards. But uh, yeah unfortunately things happen and uh yeah i'm back to back to square one so uh everything's in this tank at the moment but will be moved and then maybe i can do something with that tank as well to do something different and cool but i might even keep it like i've i've toyed before with uh, just getting like a few different like inverts so like maybe shrimp or crabs or something like that and just keeping them all in there with some corals and stuff because i really like them them kind of critters as well you know besides just all the the, the fancy fish red cherry aquarium yeah tank tour i'm not going to do that now but i am planning on doing a tank tour um i had somebody actually message me um this afternoon about that very same thing so yeah i will do a um a, a tour around the uh, the the tanks um you know in a, in a video i think um because this live stream is obviously getting posted on uh, on my podcast so people listening are not going to see any of the uh, the tanks really so yeah (laughs) aquaman aquatics yeah low pond scape that would be cool yeah i thought about doing something like that as well um i'd like to do something like a a river type you know like uh, it's really hard to explain but like uh, you know like i don't know i've seen a few people do like hill stream loach kind of tanks you know where they're sort of they're they're sort of Inclined slightly and then and then do something like that maybe but that that'd be pretty cool. So yeah, I'd I'd definitely give that a go if I could But we shall see So I got a question from shrimp father. He says what has been the worst fish you've ever bought? I I I think I've done a video on this as well like uh, not so long back But uh, yeah, probably I'm gonna upset a lot of people by saying this but it was my um, my better fish um, it was a veil tail better and I think that uh, in, in my view that that's probably the worst thing that I ever bought because the amount of illnesses that that poor fish had, um, I don't know if it was something to do with um, you know where I got it from because it did come from a, uh, a big chain pet store um, as opposed to sort of a local shop so it might have been that, might have been inbreeding might have been my aquariums, I tried to, I tried everything to, to get that fish to, uh, to become healthy, I, you know, um, I tried looking at my water parameters, obviously that was, was the first thing, uh, using salts, medications, all that sort of stuff, and it just keeps going round and round and round and round and round, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's just been stressful, and, um, yeah i've not enjoyed keeping the fish maybe that won't be the same for something else that i keep kept if i if i bought another better but yeah at the moment that has probably been definitely the worst fish that i've uh, i've uh ever owned i think that and probably my golden garami but uh, i'm pleased to say that i finally uh bit the bullet and uh, managed to sell that fish on to a different home because I've been pondering it for ages about whether I should or shouldn't and the welfare of the animal and although the aqu- he's in an aquarium with some community fish that he is has uh, been picking on in some weird way I felt like I was probably able to look after that fish as best as I could and try and give it the best life um, in terms of what I was feeding it and and being that I'm like a lot of people, that are hobbyist in in this, and and not just being sold to a ran, you know, a random sort of newcomer and stuff. So it took me a while to uh, to to buy the bullet and uh, and sell him, but uh, it was just causing the other fish in my aquarium to hide. And I and I noticed when I got rid of him that um, a few of the fish were just like really thin, and um, yeah, he'd just been bullying them. So I think it was definitely the best decision to make. Um, But yeah, it was just frustrating there again. It was an impulse mistake in the past and uh, You know, hopefully I try try and avoid them these days every time I walk around a local fish shop and see something I like I always go "Hmm, You've made those mistakes before How about we hold fire do my research and then and then we'll have a look at it another time. So um, So there's another question here from fishy playground says what is your absolute favorite fish? Of all time, pfft, I'm not sure. Um, there's a lot of really cool fish. But let's narrow this down to just what I own. I think that would probably be the best one. Um, my favourite fish has got to be my Bangai Cardinal. That's uh, in this uh, saltwater aquarium. It was the first marine... Oh, there you, there you go. You can see him. He's swimming with the clownfish there. He's, uh, yeah, he was the first fish I ever got in my saltwater um aquarium that I set up and uh it's just the coolest looking fish I think that I've ever seen um I love the colors of them he's got this real grumpy face on him all the time as well which is really cool and um and yeah I think that like it's just such a peaceful fish really nice I was so desperate to breed them and I was so gutted when I lost my you know my other uh, cardinal you know, when it, when it died. And, um, yeah, cause I thought that would have been a really cool project to start. It's just breeding them and then, you know, documenting all the little babies and, and, and then maybe selling them on and stuff. I thought it would have been a cool little breeding project, but yeah, that's probably my favorite fish. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably my favorite fish that I own. Definitely. Uh, so there's a few people saying that I should set up a stickleback aquarium, which would be pretty cool. Um, for those of you that don't know, sticklebacks are like a native fish to the UK. Um, I think it would be really cool. Do you know uh, that to do a stickleback sort of natural sort of biotype, whatever you want to call it. Um, that would be really cool. I don't know how you would do that in the UK. Um, you probably have to go and find a shopping trolley somewhere or something, and then put that in your aquarium, and then uh, and then set loads of fish around it and stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that would be pretty pretty cool to do. Um, yeah, maybe something for the future. Definitely, I like trying different things that you know that you don't often see. So, Rocky's Reef again. Would you ever consider a jellyfish tank? Never thought about it to be honest. Um, I've seen, I've seen people do it and I don't know if anybody ever watched the program Tanked. Um, That was on the Discovery Channel, but I think them guys like did a couple of jellyfish aquariums like once or twice and, uh, you know, that, I think that would be pretty, pretty cool to do. But uh, I don't know how high maintenance jellyfish are to keep and, um, you know, if, if, you know, if it would be really cool to do or not. I don't know. I just feel like, I know you have to get flow. Correct in them and keep it constantly circulating so that they don't hit stuff because I think they can can damage themselves really easily if they keep smacking into the glass and stuff So yeah Aquaman aquatics octopus aquarium. Yeah, that would be cool I don't know where I'd fit that though. And uh, but yeah, I've uh, I've heard they're a nightmare when it comes to uh, Escaping as well. So uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, Rockies Reef, yeah, Bangor Cardinals, um, I will try again, I think, with breeding, Um, again, it's just money, isn't it, and uh, and also uh, the right setups and stuff, so maybe, again, I can use that as a breeding tank, Um, this one, when I move over to my bigger tank again, get all the fish out there, and then keep this as a nice little breeding aquarium, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Scapes. Exactly. Wild for- foraged hardscape. Um, yeah, not just a trolley. That- that'd that be pretty cool, though. I have the trolley there and then just in a load of mud, traffic cone, uh, a few beer cans in there or something. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty uh, standard for the UK, wouldn't it? <laughs> yep, sticklebacks. Yeah, I think see what people are still sort of talking about them. Yeah, they, they are cool. Um, I think I've only ever seen one person on Instagram. Maybe I don't follow the right people, but yeah, only one person on Instagram that I think I've actually seen have a stickleback aquarium. Um, I remember seeing them a fair few years ago and, and hearing about people people doing it. And, um, you know, like I said, it's just I know maybe a cold water aquarium would be something that would be cool to try um at some point in the future um i think the last time i had a cold water aquarium was when i was about um 10 or 11 or something and i had a goldfish um but uh yeah we all know that uh, that's probably not the best way to start in your cold water journey but um yeah i think it'd be cool to do um you know something like that in the future i guess um yeah I don't know. I'd like to do something different though. If there was like, I know, some native cold water fish would be cool, but is there stuff that is different to what you normally see? I mean, sticklebacks obviously is quite a popular one, but you know, and obviously there's white cloud mountain minnows, goldfish, you know, and a few other cold fish. But uh yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd have to think about it and see see what what my options were, but yeah. I I think I'd give it a go to be honest um yeah it'd be good fun um yeah all right george farmer did one did he yeah yeah that would be pretty i bias hope. all right okay that that'd be pretty cool to see to be fair i reckon that he's probably done an amazing job with 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 the scape or whatever so i might have to check that out um if anybody's got a link definitely leave it in the um in the comments blackwater gudgeon tank yeah that would be cool yeah yeah i just yeah that that would be a cool one i don't even know like is there like uk cold water shrimp or anything like that like i just i again it's one of those things where like it's probably an obvious answer but um yeah that would uh that would be certainly an interesting one if there was was anything like that or something um Aquaman Aquatics, I, yeah I've seen your White Cloud Mountain Minnow Aquascape, yeah, it's really cool that is, yeah I like seeing what you do um, Yeah, you've got, always got some, some good aquariums there Gamarus, Do you know, I've never even heard of a Gamaris <laughs> I might have to Google that one <laughs> But yeah I don't know, if they're, if they're cold water fish then they're probably you know, I'm sort of sticking to more tropical and, and marine fish at the moment so uh, but yeah it'd be cool <laughs> george scapes when you were younger you could just lift up a rug with a sieve underneath and catch quite a few shrimp Pfft, that that yeah it, it probably is like i i i i should imagine that like there's there's tons of freshwater shrimp um not freshwater cold water shrimp um around um gain like i've I've got a few rivers around um like my area and stuff but uh whether i trust like any anything that lives in there that isn't like um contaminated with something or you know is uh yeah something wrong with it or something and like i said you know you just think like half the rivers in here if anything can live in it jesus they they must be pretty robust animals um like i said in in norwich for example um we've got this uh this like complex with loads of uh, clubs and restaurants around it is called uh the riverside and there's literally a massive river that goes right through the middle of the uh of the the complex and um i've been out on a fair few nights uh drinking out and about there and uh yeah the amount of people that are thrown up in those uh in those rivers and uh, and like i said f- jumped in them thrown stuff in them i just you know any anything that's uh yeah in there would be uh, yeah quite interesting to uh having an aquarium i'm sure we could give it a better life being in a an aquarium with uh, filtration and, and stuff like that as opposed to vomit for uh, food so yeah yeah that would be cool to visit some like local rivers and stuff. Like I said, there there is a few about. Um, all jokes aside, there's 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 some like country areas and that, and there's some nice like streams and stuff. There's there's actually a little river that's not too far down the road from me, but um, it's like a mill, um, and I've been I've been fishing there before with uh, a few mates and stuff. But yeah, it'd be interesting just to get a, uh, a GoPro or or a camera or something and then just uh, go under the water there and have a look and see what's about. To be honest. That would be pretty cool. Doctor Escape says uh, where I grew up, there was a stream that had lots of cold water shrimp in it. They were tiny. That that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I I I might have to do some 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 googling after this uh, after this live to see what, what kind of like cold water shrimp that there are and stuff because I think that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Aquaman Aquatic says collects rocks in the streams. Do you know, it's funny you say that. I, about a month or so ago, went down to this mill that I was just talking about and uh, was looking for some river stones to put into my... Um, my shrimp tank the the Asian shrimp tank that I wanted to make and um, yeah I I went there and just the, there was none there was just like there was just normal stones and everything but unless I actually waded into the water then uh, yeah it was just a yeah uh, I, I probably wasn't going to be able to find anything and, and being that I was actually in my work clothes and work shoes at the time uh, yeah it was uh, it was a bit risky to to get covered in mud and stuff like that so uh, yeah that, that'd be quite interesting. yeah if i ever get to go to a local river or anything and and have a look in the in the uh the water yeah i'll definitely i'll definitely take a camera and uh and uh shove it underneath the water and see what we can see uh i should imagine it'd be quite cloudy but i suppose if you're in like like streams that aren't too polluted then uh, yeah it'd be interesting to see what's what's in there and stuff and that's always cool I, i love going online and looking at like natural habitats of uh fish and stuff like especially the ones that uh, from the freshwater side and, and just seeing what sort of environments that they live in i think is so cool like if you ever search for um like better fish in the wild or um shrimps or um i think the uh rams yeah that that was really cool like, I found a good couple of videos online where, where yeah you just see some rams that were uh, in the wild and, and that's awesome to see as well so yeah it's just really cool like just seeing what kind of environments they live in and what you can sort of create yourself really I think George Scapes yeah send me a link man if there's anybody uh, that's uh, done a, a yeah a dive in Norwich or wherever and, uh, and had a look at what's in the rivers that would be pretty cool um, yeah, I've, I've never seen any, but um, like I said, I, I seem to think that uh, hobbyists in, in Norwich seem to be very few and far between. Um, ironically, we have like uh, Scape Nature, the, the big aquascaping shop around here, but uh, yeah, apart from, uh, apart from a very few people that I've seen online, maybe there's loads of them, but <laughs> maybe I just don't follow them, but yeah, I haven't seen many. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. all right well i don't know if anybody's got any any more questions that ever (laughs) thought. yeah so aquaman aquatics he says ever thought about keeping turtles do you know i saw your aquarium um them them low them low aquariums um i think i've seen them on ebay um they're like turtle tanks and i thought that that would be really cool to do a turtle one and i actually did speak to my 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 missus about it and she's like because every time a new fish tank turns up i always get a bit of a uh bit of a stare. Um but when I mentioned about a, a turtle tank, she actually said that would be pretty cool to do. Um I know that they have like um you know that they, they need lights, um specialist lights and stuff like that. But um yeah that that would that would be pretty cool to do uh, turtles. Um, obviously they're a, a hell of a longer commitment than they are with most fish, but um yeah. I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon and my aquarium, so yeah it'd be definitely something that I'd love to try. If I had a bigger bigger establishment than, than just this rack here then yeah I'd love to try something but yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely need bigger yeah um my ultimate plan one day is to maybe move into a a bigger room so I can have all my aquariums in it but uh, the house I'm in at the moment is just too small so it's either I somehow get a building built outside in my garden or we move or I go and actually find uh, a premises or something and work from there but uh, yeah I'm not I'm not currently at the point where I am able to monetize uh, my hobby uh, to hardcore at the moment um, I'm just at the point where I can sell a few shrimps so until I can uh, get some things taken off the ground and, and things move forward then uh, yeah I'm sort of dealt with the hand I've got but yeah it'd be really cool to try in the future and that is my ultimate plan so yeah it'd be really cool so, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody's got any more questions. Or, I'll give it another minute or so. Um, I Yeah, again, I, I've thought about it loads of times to starting a shop. And, um, yeah, something that I'd love to do if I could as well. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely on the cards. You know, I'm, I'm trying to... Set up my aquariums to make sure that I'm breeding and stuff and that, and hopefully, uh, like I said, especially in my area, um, you know, shrimp, for example, are very few and far between. And obviously, the most common ones you'll find everywhere is cherry shrimps and Amano shrimps. But when it comes to like more specialist shrimps, then there's not many places that, um, that you know, sell any different varieties and stuff so i definitely think i've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of an area to play with if i can get some some breeds on the go and stuff and uh yeah that is my plan you know start start a bit of a breeding projects and uh yeah and then and then start sort of selling them on and, and seeing how i go and stuff and um, hopefully in the future it might be something i could do but yeah at least yeah working or or doing it from home yeah i can't i can't get closed down for (laughs) like because of covid so yeah that is definitely one benefit (laughs) (sighs) all right everybody i think that um probably it's been what 55 minutes now um my tea's probably gone cold i forgot about it yeah, freezing cold. Um, yeah, I think I'll probably wrap it up and let everybody continue with their evenings and stuff. But, um, you know, for me, as this is alive to my podcast and everything, I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody that, you know, takes the time to listen to the podcast or has listened or, you know, offers any kind of uh, feedback and stuff or has enjoyed it or if have even given you a couple of minutes of enjoyment on your way to work or something, then, you know, really appreciate you listening. Um, it's been really great fun writing like i said earlier you know it's uh, it's a good different outlet um and to be creative and stuff to to actually write things down as opposed to filming in front of the camera um you know i'm still working on my camera techniques and all that sort of stuff so at least with a podcast you just plug in a microphone and um and uh, yeah and then just talk so that's why live streams are quite fun as well i i really need to do more of these um uh, you know uh, in the future and I, I will try to um you know because I think they're, they're good fun and it's really nice seeing loads of people coming I really appreciate everybody coming in, in 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 the live as well you know that's it's that's, that's really good fun um yeah I think that's it thanks i hope you enjoyed it um the podcast um, I'm gonna give it a break for a little while now um, this live stream will be going on to my podcast in the next day or two once i've uh once I've sort of um, uploaded it um and then yeah we'll take a break for a little while um i'll jot down some new ideas if you've got any suggestions for uh topics that you want to hear or you know any, any ideas or feedback um like i said you know i'd love to hear what you thought of the um what you thought of the podcast and um and uh, yeah let me know and uh i shall see you in season three everybody and uh yeah I'm glad everybody enjoyed the live stream as well. And uh, thanks for the, the really kind words there. But yeah, I'll catch you later, everybody. Thank you.